Say something witty. Uh, witty. Something witty. Damn yes. it! How did I yes. get that wrong? You did it! How did I get that oh, wrong? Nice. No, I didn't get it. Did it because I forgot to say something. I just said witty. You halfway got it. Ah, oh, I'm disappointed in myself, actually. <laughs> uh. Uh. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg, and occasionally Bob, and also that one asshole on Ace Combat 7. <laughs> and it has been a very tiring day. Yes, I I think it's been tiring for both of us in different ways. So, pardon any and all rambles that happen. <laughs> and, and we do mean any and all. <laughs> exactly. So let's get into gaming news. Yes. Microsoft is claiming that Sony pays for blocking rights to keep games off of their Game Pass. I feel like it's one of those things where that's just been an open secret for a very long time. Because I saw this like in my feed earlier this week. This whole thing, in a sense, was brought up when 2K announced for Borderlands 3 that they were going to have crossplay. Well, one of the things that they mentioned was that it would only really be crossplay between Xbox and PC. PlayStation was just going to still be with PlayStation, and everyone was asking the developers why that was the case, and they basically just said, well, Sony doesn't want to do crossplay. And they basically said, like, if we were to do crossplay, it would require an amount of money that we, that we, the development team, don't really want to pay for. So I've always been under the impression that Sony has been real pains in the ass when it comes to anything in, in regards to, like, keeping IPs off of Microsoft or even, like, when it comes to crossplay and things like that. Well, crossplay is a completely different thing. Crossplay is saying, okay, we can develop for these systems, but if you have one version on one console, it can't, it can interact with one on the other console. This is saying, you can develop it for any system, but you can't put it on Game Pass. Yeah, I didn't do a good job of explaining it, but that's kind of still what I was trying to link to. Yeah, no, terrible comparison, though, yes. if I'm honest. Yes, I, I, I fully acknowledge that. But no, it is it is a thing of, from all the little bits and pieces I've heard, like, to be honest, I'm not... And also, I have a personal example that still pisses me off of Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> and how, initially, I think Sony had exclusively on that for, like, a couple years or something like that. And they said, oh, it would... Or, as many words, like, it'll come on Xbox eventually and never did, and went on the game, and eventually ended up in the Epic Game Store. And at that point, I was kind of like, okay, I'm pretty sure Sony's the one, like, making sure that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So specifically, in an August 9th filing to Brazil's Administrative Council for Economic Defense, mm -hmm. bear in mind this is being translated from Portuguese, so yeah. maybe there's some nuance that's being missed. Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. <laughs> so we're not fully sure what that means, because it could mean exclusivity rights, or it could mean a clause that says, nope, no, no publishing this stuff on other people's subscription services. It kind of sounds like the latter. It sounds like Sony's literally giving these companies money to not allow their games on anyone else's system. And it's so nutty because it sounds like it's not even, it's not allowed on the system. It's just, it's not allowed on a subscription service. Yeah, on Game Pass in particular, which 
I kind of get that in a sense. I don't agree with it at all. I think it's stupid, but I wouldn't be surprised if part of the thinking with that is they want to make sure they have something to promote their version of Game Pass. Prize in Google Stadia. Yes. <laughs> God, this sounds like the 2009 Formula One season all over again. <laughs> My goodness. Long story short on that, Ferrari paid one of their drivers from the previous year like $90 million, I think it was, not to race. They they literally huh. they literally paid him money to not compete in Formula One the following year. That sounds like it should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, but it went through. I don't know all the nuances of, of it because I wasn't really like paying attention to the sport at that time. But this is what that reminds me of. We're Sony paying these like companies, game studios and whatnot. We're gonna give you a shit ton of money so that you don't put your product on Game Pass. Maybe it's a thing. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing in the sense. It's just, it. I mean, it's shitty for the consumer more than anything else. Because it's like, okay, so you're denying me access to games that I would pay money for. F- for what reason exactly? Because for me... I, this doesn't make me want to go with Sony anymore. <laughs> if anything, it makes me like them less. Yeah, it certainly isn't encouraging me to get a PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Or at least keep the one that I already have. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm not surprised by the news, but it's also a thing of, okay, so where exactly are you guys' priorities? But on the flip side, they're probably gearing up for the whole Xbox has Activision and Mm -hmm. Bethesda now, and even if it hasn't gone there yet, you know where that's eventually going. What's fucked up about that is that I can't help but think, like with Activision, the big thing from the Activision deal, amongst many other things, is Call of Duty. That's the one, that's at least the one that's been talked about the most since the whole news broke out. And it is a thing, a part of my brain goes, if it was Sony doing this, I would 100% put money on them making IPs like Call of Duty exclusive to their system. Oh, if it was Sony, 100%. And I still think Microsoft is 100%, just not straight away. Yeah. It's just a matter of, Sony would say that straight away. Microsoft is going to gauge the optics, realize they can get away with it anyway, and then do it. I feel like what's going to happen with that, especially with how Game Pass is and how positive the reception has been to it pretty much since its inception is that they're going to do a thing where it's not going to be exclusive, but they're going to make it so compelling to get it on, to get the next Call of Duty games on Microsoft through Game Pass, that it would be stupid not to. Sounds about right. I could see them doing that. I I have a feeling that they'll probably go more that route. Yeah. Anyways, we'll probably get more on this as it develops. Oh, yes. In the meantime... Sega has no plans to delay Sonic Frontiers from releasing in 2022. How much of 22 and 2 is left again? <laughs> Three and a half months. And correct me if I'm wrong, this game still does not have an established release date, right? Not an official date. It's just uh, holiday 2022. Oh, sweet Jesus. Yeah. But <laughs> Sega's official translation of a business briefing mm-hmm. says, We do not consider postponing the launch at this point. Within the communication with users, we intend to reflect the parts that can be reflected within the development timeline and to build empathy with users. Sonic IP is a mainstay title we will sell over the long term in the future, and we will continue to strengthen it in the next fiscal year onwards as well. I don't understand half of that. 
for what little bit I do understand, it's basically just round nosing to an extent. It's double speak. Yeah, it's just it's Ron saying speak. something without saying anything. It's it's again, if you're a Formula One fan listening to this, it's Ron Dennis speak. <laughs> this yeah, it's because it, it's just a thing of like it it boils down to we're still going to put the game out in the holiday fe- in the holiday season. We're planning on supporting the game like p- beyond its release. And Sonic is a big deal with us, and we want to keep it that way. It's like, oh, no shit? Yeah. Otherwise, they, they're going to tell me that the sky is blue? Do y'all remember what happened last time you released a blatantly unfinished game? <sighs> I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah. Pepperidge Farms has PTSD from that one. <laughs> mm, I mean, that. I'm going to be honest. I'm not even that big into Sega products or Sonic, but that definitely doesn't bode well. No. Mm. No, it does not. <laughs> the worst part is I'm still probably going to get it as soon as it comes out anyway. Don't get it as soon as it gets out. Get it used. Chances are, like, if you're coming to, like, where I work especially, it's going to, like, show up instantly. <laughs> you know what? You're probably not wrong. Mm. So here's a bit of news I didn't give you because I just found out about it today because it just dropped today. Mm-hmm. We got a couple of multiverses character announcements. Oh, really? Who? Black Adam. Like the rock Black Adam? Uh, no, he looks just like cartoonish Black Adam. Okay. But you know he's getting in because of the rock. Oh, absolutely. And also, Stripe from Gremlins. I actually have to look that up, because it's been forever since I've even paid attention to that. The main villain, Gremlin. Okay, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) Okay. Eh? There's, I'm going to be honest, there's still a part of my brain that refuses to believe that that game exists. <laughs> it is kind of hard to wrap your head around, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's in part because of Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl and just how completely like ridiculous that was. And even though, from what I understand, it's doing pretty well for itself. This one just feels like a, okay, but why, though, type of game. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely a case of... Okay, you look at Smash Brothers Ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. Huge, co- huge collection of gaming mascots, but there's a theme. Yeah. And that they're all game characters. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. They're all characters that are either Nicktoons or heavily associated with Nickelodeon at some point. And they're all, like, major Nicktoons as well. Like, mo- like they're pretty much all well- very well-known characters. Well, I mean, there's Garfield, and there's the a couple of Ninja Turtles, and April, April mm. O'Neil. Eh, fair enough. Who- aren't exclusively Nickelodeon. That's fair. But now you got this, where (laughs) it's like, okay, you got Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Harley Quinn, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, Steven Universe, Finn and Jake, whatever. Then Arya Stark is in there, (laughs) LeBron James is in it, and now a gremlin. And it's just... Where does it end? Yeah, I don't know. This is... This is very much a game that I genuinely do not know how to make heads and tails of, in terms of what they're trying to do. Well, I mean, I can kind of see what they're trying to do, but beyond trying to make money, what they're trying to do and what the overall appeal is, because those are still the parts that I struggle with. Yeah. I think the idea is, the more zany they get with their roster, the more people they can theoretically bring into the game. Hmm. Into playing it, I mean. I was to say, my brain this thing went to, okay, so next uh, character announcement is going to be Carrot Top. 
Has he done anything for Warner Brothers? I don't think so. I don't know if Carrot Top even does anything. <laughs> you know what would be really funny? Mm-hmm. We get not Ben Affleck's Batman, but we get Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I could see them doing that. <laughs> but it's specifically based on the sad Affleck meme. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know how to make heads or tails of any of this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to move in uh something that bridges the gap between video games and movies, something that came up last week and I did not find in time to cover it last week, but here it is now. Live action Pac-Man movie. <sighs> <laughs> How does that even work? How is that supposed to work? I don't know. Is this going to be another thing of inserting CGI characters into real world things? It's like, are we... It's like, I know I've made the joke on previous episodes, but okay, we're fully back in 2005, and it's all the bad parts of 2005. So, (laughs) in terms of these kind of movies, if they do decide to go that route, I... I... How... Why? What would the story be? I No clue. We don't know anything about it, except it's happening. It's coming from Bandai Namco Entertainment mm. and Wayfarer Studios. Okay. And it's based on an original idea from Chuck Williams of Lightbeam Entertainment. Okay, I, I get <laughs> I have nothing to work with here. Right? I mean, Absolutely nothing. I mean, I have seen a couple of the things that Bandai Namco has done as far as media things. I don't know if it's one of those things where the team belongs to them or they put their logo on it, but I've seen like a couple of the animated are under their um, umbrella and bits and pieces of other anime-ish products. But this is... I don't know. <laughs> I I have nothing for this, in all honesty, other than why. <laughs> well, apparently, it looks like your CGI character in another world thing might not be too far off. Because uh, if I'm reading this right, it looks like Chuck Williams was a producer on Sonic the Hedgehog. Ah, uh, someone, someone gave me a phone because I just called it. You did. <laughs> You did do that. And I want to make clear, I'm not trying to throw every movie that does that under the bus. The most recent Sonic movies are very much examples of that. Yeah, no, they're good movies. It's just a case of, oh, this trend is back. Yeah. Oh, boy. And it's like, of all trends to come back from the mid-2000s, it's this one. And it's just, they're like, don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I don't know. I... Granted, we have only got an announcement. There's nothing to work up with, but just on that, I do have a hard time seeing the movie being worthwhile. Imagine if somehow, and I don't know how you would do this, mm-hmm. but imagine if they make the live-action Pac-Man design as horrific as Sonic's original <laughs> design. <laughs> that would be funny. I don't know how you do it, beyond giving him teeth. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Teeth and regular human eyes. And, and normal human eyes that look like they're bulging out of his skull. Just, oh my gosh, just use a lemon and do the annoying orange face trick. And you've got <laughs> live-action Pac-Man. And just put red boots on him. Pretty much. I hate it. I hate that I willed this into existence. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head now. As I say, and you hate the image of it too, don't you? Oh, it's in there. <laughs> Living rent-free. 
Yep. Forever <laughs> now. Hmm. Greg, what do you think of the Kung Fu Panda movies? <laughs> I honestly, I'm generally overall neutral to the series. I do think they're kind of adorable from what little bits and pieces I remember of them. I would definitely say that Kung Fu Panda is by far and away the most fitting role that Jack Black has ever done. Uh <laughs> well, good news, you can keep being neutral because we're getting a fourth one! Really? March 8th, 2024. How long has it been since the third one? Eight years. Ugh. Or at least it will have been eight years in 2024 because it came out in 2016. Why? Uh. <laughs> I mean, fair. I mean, the first three were all good, so I'm willing to... Yeah, I mean, they were all good times, so it's like, fair enough. I just, like I'm I said... I'm bear with, they got a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, next you're gonna tell, tell me that another Shrek movie is coming out. There's supposed to be a Shrek 5. Is there really? Allegedly. Oh, okay. I take back that statement. <laughs> There's just no release date or anything. They just said it was happening, and we don't know. Okay. We don't know. No <laughs> idea at all. None whatsoever. Okay. Oh, hey, Kung Fu Panda 4. Let's, let's see what they got. Yeah. This next bit is not quite news. Okay. But it, it might be nothing, but it's more concrete than... Nothing typically is. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was worth talking about. Okay. Hulk's rights, distribution-wise, which are currently tied up with Universal, might go back to Marvel in June of next year. Oh, what would the implications of that be? It means they can make a solo Hulk movie again, theoretically. Mm. And presumably She-Hulk, since I assume the reason she's getting a Disney Plus show is that her rights are tied up. With that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, it would make sense to have them both, not just the one. Because I, I imagine Abomination is also under that for obvious reasons, too. Well, yeah, but they're not going to make an Abomination movie. Mm. To be specific, a dedicated Redditor has gone digging in some old SEC filings, the Securities and Exchange Commission, mm -hmm. and they found a couple of documents. One filed by Marvel in December 2006, which stated... Universal Studios has agreed to distribute Marvel's film The Incredible Hulk and sequels on essentially the same terms as those on which Paramount has agreed to distribute the other films financed and produced under the film facility. Okay. They then found the studio agreement between Marvel and Paramount also in the SEC archives. And under distribution term, it says... Paramount shall have the right to exercise its Paramount distribution rights with respect to each picture for an initial period of 15 years commencing on the initial theatrical exhibition of such picture. So, the original Hulk came out in what, 2006? Eight. Oh, 2008. Oh, okay. Which, if we assume it, it, it's gray because we don't know what essentially the same terms means for sure, mm -hmm. but if it does include the distribution term, that would mean that after 15 years, Marvel gets the distribution rights back. Ergo, who knows? Maybe even Incredible Hulk on Disney+. Plus. Who knows? Eh. Is it just a case of them getting the rights back, or is it more like a case of the rights are now open to whoever wants them, and it's up to people to figure out? Oh, no, out? it'd go back to Marvel. Oh, it would 100% go back to Marvel. Yeah, no, there, it's not an up-for-grabs thing. Marvel owns the Hulk. That's fair. Okay. 
Yeah, no, how how it works, and this is why we haven't gotten an Incredible Hulk sequel mm-hmm. at all, is that Marvel can make a Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. But Universal has right of first refusal for distribution of that movie. Oh, so... so huh. Yeah, so what that means is they make the movie, but Universal gets to put it in theaters. Oh! And I imagine that also means that Universal keeps all of the money made for, for the movie in the theaters. I don't know about all, but probably more of an amount than Marvel and Disney would like to give them for having made a movie when now they can release it under their own brand. Ugh, that's... Ah, gross corporate things. Eh, it is what it is. I mean, most of the Marvel Universe was sold off film right-wise at some point or another. I mean, fair. Fun reminder, the MCU was basically made up of, okay, we sold off all the heavy hitters, who do we have left? (laughs) Yeah, that is a fair way of looking at it, isn't it? But some of these terms were definitely made when the company was in more dire straits, and some of the terms on them are, uh, gross. Hmm. Case in point, Sony's managed to hold on to the Spider-Man rights for, like, 20 fucking years <laughs> because they keep cranking out movies every few years. Is that really like the only thing that's keeping them, that lets them keep it, is that they just have to make a movie every now and again? As far as I know. Okay. We hmm. don't know if there's any fixed date of return on them. Eh. I kind of have to assume there isn't. Yeah, there, they wouldn't be trying so hard. Yeah, there, abs- there absolutely has to be, like, I mean, there could be, and it could be that part of why they're trying so hard is they know there's a limited amount of time before it inevitably goes back anyway. Mm. But then you'd think Marvel wouldn't care so much about working with Sony to get Spider-Man in the MCU, because if we assume that the Sony rights could revert back after a set point of time, regardless of how many movies are made or how frequently they're made, presumably Marvel could have just kicked their heels up and said, we'll wait, we've got... (laughs) No, wait, the deal was made before... Disney bought Fox, so the timeline of this is curious. Mm. I'm going to assume there's no set date of return. I mean, probably not. But that's still interesting, and if it turns out that that is the case, maybe we can get another Hulk movie and maybe get some more development, and hopefully they won't do it all off-screen this time. (laughs) Stares at Smart Hulk. (laughs) Yes. 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 No. 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 Um, time travel. Time travel. I mean, I like a lot of that, but God, it would have been so much better if we'd actually, you know, seen any of that play out. Yeah, yeah, that it's kind of things like I am here for Smart Hulk, but I still am leaving with more questions than answers. Same. And now, a bunch of tangentially related Warner Brothers stuff. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's start with the thing that's the least Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. which is that Nexstar, the largest television station owner in the United States, is purchasing a 75% stake in the CW, giving them majority control. How is it always seems to be this thing that like, these huge companies that have major influence are always companies that I have never heard of in my entire life? <laughs> I don't know, because I hadn't heard of them either. Yeah. That's why I had to look it up. So, but yeah, they're buying 75%. Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery will each retain a 12.5% stake in it. Okay, so what does that mean for the CW exactly? 
Uh, most likely that means Warner Brothers is not going to be greenlighting a lot more DC shows on it. Hmm. Which probably makes the current the CEO of Warner Brothers very happy right now. Most likely. Mm. He's an idiot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and the CEO said, over time we will be taking a different approach to our CW programming strategy and will leverage our experience in spending approximately $2 billion a year on programming, attracting and monetizing viewers, and transitioning News Nation, our, nation, our national cable news network, from WGN, while maintaining a strict focus on cash flow. WGN. They want to bring it to profitability by 2025. Okay. First off, WGN is a term that I have not heard in a very long time. I forgot they still existed, in all honesty. <laughs> well done. I mean, re and secondly, recent decisions made by the CEO aside, on paper it sounds competent. Yeah. I guess it just, like much like with the DC stuff happening now, what matters most is going to be how does it play out? Because I can't, it's one of those things where I can't even make a, that's a bold strategy cotton joke, because honestly, it does kind of make sense. It doesn't sound all that bold. It just kind of sounds like a fairly solid idea. Yeah, and it's, it's a thing of like, okay, we are now trying to change how we spend our money so we don't waste as much money, which, yeah, that makes total sense. It's just, it's, it is a bit hard to have overall faith in whatever gets um, brought up because of recent happenings with DC. Yeah. So, but... I mean, of course, this is a completely different company anyway, so... Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Eh, time will tell, ultimately, on that. Hopefully, it ends up being something worthwhile. Because, you know, nothing bad with good content. Or, with hopefully, good content, if that's what comes out of it. Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Hey, you know what? If this if this kills Gotham Knights, more power to it. <laughs> uh, understandable. <laughs> I say, knowing full well that I'm probably going to care later down the line, but right now that's all I can think about. Right. You like The Wizard of Oz? I can't comment, actually, because when I watched it as a kid, if I- If you tell me- okay, I th if you were about to tell me you'd never seen Wizard of Oz, we would be done, and this podcast would be over. And be <laughs> I saw it as a kid, and I did hate it as a kid. I don't know how I would like it as an adult. <laughs> well, we're getting- retellings and redoings out the wazoo. Because not only are we getting that wicked two-part movie from Universal, mm -hmm. last year it was confirmed that a remake is in the works at New Line Cinema, and now we're getting a remake from Warner Brothers with Kenya Barris set to write and direct. There does not need to be a remake of The Wizard of Oz. It's one of those things where... Again, I haven't watched... You say that like it's ever stopped anybody ever. I know. It's... Uh... Do you not remember Oz the Great and Powerful? Good <laughs> question. Nobody remembers Oz the Great and Powerful. I didn't know that was a thing until just now, actually. <laughs> wow. It was the one where I, I think Mila Kunis was the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh. Okay. Hmm. I think. Was it? Was it? I know Mila Kunis was in it. Mm-hmm. And it was Sam Raimi directed, too. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Wait. Yes. Yes, she was the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm. And Rachel Weiss was the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> <laughs> I say that in just the thing of kind of the, I think this is this, a central theme of what's been talked about before. It's like, who is this for, exactly? 
it's one thing when it comes to things like using as an example some of the remakes of older Disney movies that have been coming out lately. Because no, it, that's not one thing. Yeah, but the general gist of it is that in that it's exactly the same thing. It is the same thing, but I have an easier time of seeing who this is supposed to be for. I have a harder time seeing this with Wizard of Oz, considering that the original Wizard of Oz is such a classic and beloved movie that has like never left the limelight from what I from my own personal observations. Like Well okay, really this then. Mm-hmm. One, photorealistic CGI Lion King. Who the fuck is that for? <laughs> I do genuinely think, to a certain extent at least, because there's definitely cases of some of these being not well carried out as others. I do still believe that some of those movies are supposed to be the equivalent of the animated movies that we grew up with for kids. The Lion King, the jury's out on that one, because holy They're shit. They're on Disney Plus and therefore can be shown to kids very easily. <laughs> <laughs> and digital age, money, everything, subscription service, definitely not the same as cable right now. It's a new era. Second of all, I guarantee you somebody will wa- somebody wants to make a Wizard of Oz remake just so they can address the fact that nothing got actually wrapped up at the end of it. Uh, true, that's <laughs> fair. Like, Dorothy wakes up, and she's like, oh, that was all a dream, and you were there, and you, and it's like, great, that one evil old lady is still coming to take your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it ended with the house getting dropped on her in real life. It's, just, it's like, oh, it was all a dream, but my resident Cruella Deville is still very real. Yes. <laughs> Like, what? You, you haven't solved anything. Hmm. Toto is gone. I thought Toto was a musical artist. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that pause is perfect. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, Wizard of Oz out the, out the Azu. Out the Azu. Mm. And I'm that yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a time. This this I think is gonna go under the category of morbid curiosity for me personally. That sounds about right. <laughs> we also got a new thing coming down the pipeline, which is that MGM's deal with Universal to have them distribute their stuff internationally mm-hmm. is going to be no more soon enough. Not really. Now, Warner Brothers will be taking their place. Okay. It doesn't include the next James Bond movie, though. Hmm. Okay. That's a... That's a curious one. Yeah. Most likely this is part of their thing of, Hey, you know what? We like money. Yeah. So yeah. let's uh let's find another studio and handle their stuff and take that money. Yeah, it's like we like money. Let's let's just do what we can to make money. We don't even have to make anything to make this money. <laughs> we just have to put things that other people made in theaters and make money. It's the whole meme of someone hands Warner like someone goes, "You made this." Gives Warner Brother a suitcase of money. I made this. I made this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eh? 100%. <laughs> you getting kind of eh on that. I guess it's one of those things where I need to see the long-term implications of this deal before I have a strong opinion one way or another, but... Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. 
But Ooh, if I'm if I'm seeing this right, uh, movies that they're going to get to distribute internationally are going to include Bones and All, which we will be talking about mm-hmm. in a bit, and Creed Three. Oh, really? Oh, okay. You know what that means? Creed Four. <laughs> Creed for multiverses. No, I still actually oh, I actually found the movies while cleaning my room, and I need he to could watch be the them. Little Mac. <laughs> No. no air game, just punch. I imagine their smash move or whatever the equivalent of is that game is like he hits somebody and Sylvester Stallone just shows up as well. And so does Drago. And so does Creed's dead dad. And they all just beat the shit out of the opponent. My God. <laughs> I don't think Multiverses has final smashes. Oh, then what's, oh, then what's the point? <laughs> ah. You gotta make a smash clone. You gotta commit. <laughs> but yeah. Universal Pictures International is still going to be distributing MGM and Orion Pictures till October of this year, mm-hmm. and Women Talking in the first quarter of 2023. Bond 26 will also be distributed by Universal Pictures International per the original agreement, but details of that movie are still unknown at this point. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, the thing that I want to more know the most about, and this is not a surprise at all, is whoever the hell the next James Bond is. Yeah. Like that is all on that alone will determine if I go to in the theaters to see the movies. In all honesty, you know, still, No Time to Die is the first one I've seen in theaters. That's right, you did mention that. And honestly, I think it might be the only one that I've really seen all the way through. Yeah, I cannot remember having sat through a Bond movie in its entirety because we tried doing Casino Royale, and then it was really long, and the poker game lost me. Yeah, no. Casino Royale, actually, I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this. I have tried on a significant number of occasions to watch all of Casino Royale, and either I just quit or I fall asleep. Yeah. That and Django are the two God, movies. God, the Bondathon did not pan out. No, it did not. Not at all. Honestly, probably a good thing, all things considered, because it would have taken way too long to get to, at least for me, the more enjoyable Daniel Craig Bond movies. So what I'm hearing is we're trying again when Bond 26 comes out. I mean, if by trying again, all we stick to is Spectre, Skyfall, and No Time to Die, then yeah. (laughs) I can't promise that. (laughs) Anyways, it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for. What's up with The Flash? (sighs) What have you done now, Barry? Well, so far, nothing. Good. However... Per The Hollywood Reporter, a source with knowledge of the situation says the studio appears to be preparing for three possible scenarios. Mm-hmm. In the event that Ezra Miller seeks professional help, they could set up an interview at some point explaining their behavior over the past few years, do limited press for The Flash, and then have it open in cinemas as planned. Okay. In the second scenario, if Miller doesn't reach out for help, but the situation maintains, Warner's releases the film, just doesn't really market or publicize Miller's role in it, and, of course, recast them in future projects. How do you not publicize the main character in the movie? You really play up the fact that Michael Keaton's back as Batman, especially since this might be the only movie we see where he's back as Batman. (laughs) Stares at Batgirl. Yeah, pretty much. And Aquaman (laughs) 2. However... Mm Mm-hmm. In the event that the situation with Miller gets worse... I don't see how, but continue. Warner Brothers Discovery is actually considering 
just canceling it per this source. Oh, that's a nuclear option right there, because especially because <laughs> yeah. the movie's done, it's ready to come out, right? So was Batgirl, pretty much. Ugh. I mean, I personally feel like whether or not they get help for themselves, just drop Ezra Miller, like regardless, first and foremost. Yeah, you'd think that'd be the smart option, but I mean, yeah, like they're I, stares at the Batgirl choice. When have they made any? That's fair. I just, uh, I know that I know that logic and common sense don't really pertain um, a lot when it comes to multi-million and multi-billion dollar decisions. But at a certain point, it's just like you know, this person's like just completely off their rocker. We just gotta take the L, guys. We'll be better off in the long run, in all honesty. Um, for the sake of everyone involved, including Ezra Miller. Yeah. So. Apparently, the issue is, that would lead to them doing this, is that Miller is playing multiple characters and is in almost every scene, so it cannot be reshot in the event that Miller becomes too toxic to market the movie at all. Yeah, which... I <laughs> I don't I do not see I do not see any realistic way that that works. Like not even a thing of like having butts in the seed to see the movie just work in general. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens with the September arraignment and if Miller actually shows up. Yeah. And how that goes. Hmm. I have to imagine if Ezra Miller ducks out of that, then it's over. It's over. It has to be over after something like that, because now it's a thing of um, this individual is nutso, and they have, like, just committed another very serious crime. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. We'll see how that goes, I guess. Yeah. Hey, everyone, it's Editing Cody. Wouldn't you know, almost as soon as we get done recording, it turns out Ezra Miller has issued an apology. We'll have more to say on that next week. Just wanted to let you know, we have seen it. We are aware of it. Just really bad timing. Anyways, carry on. Thank you. Trailer time? Trailer time. Woo! What do you want to start with? A Ouija Shark 2. Ouija Shark 2? Ouija Shark I didn't even know there was a Ouija Shark 1 until I saw that there was a trailer for this. Neither did I, and I saw the trailer for this, I was like, I don't need to see either of these movies. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is, I the fact that I've discovered that Ouija Shark 1 is streaming free on several channels on Roku is uh, not going to encourage you to see this with me. I don't, it's hard to judge a movie based on just a 90 second trailer, especially for the sequel that hasn't come out yet. But I do get, like, well, not, like, hopefully not as bad. I can't help but get Birdemic vibes from this movie. Oh, no, 100%. And that's the big part of why I don't want to see it. Birdemic is one of the few movies that has genuinely made me angry because of how bad it is. <laughs> right up there with Jack Frost. Antifreeze. Ah! <laughs> That's, uh, uh, I have, being a car person and someone who has worked on cars, I have so many issues with that one scene, but we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> Welcome to the magical world of me. Of this man being like, you're going to hate this movie, and I'm like, okay, I, I don't understand how you know that antifreeze oh, scene, anti scene happens, it's like, what the fuck? 
And it's just, that gets me just because of how insanely specific that is. <laughs> but I think the best part of this is just, you gotta give it up to the obviously toy shark. <laughs> with a with a Star Wars Jedi ghost filter over it. Yeah, it's a thing of like this shark is a ghost, but it eats people. What the hell? <laughs> and it's obviously a toy. And it's very much a toy. Like I I would expect at some point if we do watch it to see like the um the the forward bit of like some intern's hand like holding the shark and just like moving it around. <laughs> Did you see the bit where it was clearly two people in costumes just slapping at each other? I, honestly, there was so much malarkey in that trailer that I don't know if that part even registered in my brain. <laughs> That's fair. It did hurt my eyes right at the start and my brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was... It I was, was trying to follow what was going on, and I quickly realized that was an exercise in futility. Yeah, and it is kind of a thing. So I was like, what's that figure? It's like, why is Satan holding, like the uh, like a cardboard sign like you see on the side of the road and then it was like oh that's the, the ouija board yeah that is the ouija board that controls the shark apparently yeah and it's like that's not how ouija boards work i think <laughs> well apparently this one is yeah. i'm looking forward to that i don't know if i'll ever watch it but i am looking forward <laughs> to its existence I I don't know if I can agree with that statement, but I will respect your thought process there. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch Ouija Shark 1 during October. Let me know how that goes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed by how bare bones, pardon the pun, the teaser trailer for Bones and All was. Yeah, that was a... Um... It's, I don't know what to pick up, if anything, from that trailer. Because it is well, literally like thir you, 30 seconds. Yeah, let me tell you what I found based on some summaries and what have you. Mm -hmm. This is a coming-of-age romance horror film. I feel like two of those three terms do not belong in the same sentence. About cannibals. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I was fuck? waiting to drop that other shoe and where it goes. <laughs> About cannibals? Yes. I what? Holy shit. What <laughs> coming of age I'm sorry. Coming of age horror movie. About romance horror movie. Romance horror What the fuck? I'm I'm normally pretty open when it comes to creative anything, because, you know, it's always an outlet for somebody's ideas and, you know, I'm always willing to give something a chance. What the actual fuck? Who, who thought of this? What? Are, who are these crazy ass people? Who's the studio that greenlit this? <laughs> Apparently, it's based on a novel. I mean, it's, I feel like that's very much going to be a situation of the novel being better than the book, but I still have no desire to read the novel. <laughs> oh my god, that is. That is an eclectic, and I don't even want to use the word eclectic in all honesty, but that is an eclectic. No, that's a word. That is a word that describes this. <laughs> yeah, but I, us I usually use eclectic in a more positive manner. I try to do that. <laughs> oh my god, that is a, that is a hodgepodge of things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I broke right. <laughs> yeah, you did actually. 
All right, I did it. Holy shit. Um, wow, I, I, I legitimately am speechless about that. <laughs> I have no, no idea where to go next with that, so I will let you take the wheel now. <laughs> you know what I think is funny? <laughs> yes. Of the three remaining trailers, mm-hmm. we've got The Good House, which is not the one about the killer house. No. <laughs> and then we've got The Menu, where the main character's name is apparently Margot, that has nothing to do with the movie Margot. Yeah, that tripped me up real bad, because I watched the Margot trailer, and then I watched the Menu trailer, like, directly after it. I was like, I, I also had that exact reaction. Yeah, and I'm like, what, wait, no, what, what the fuck? <laughs> So, I guess let's talk about the new trailer for The Menu. Yes. Honestly, I am even more interested in it now. I am marking myself, uh, as our friend would say, unsafe. Oh, extremely. <laughs> I am unsafe for The Menu. Yeah, but I do... I, As you know, I don't really do horror flicks, but the second trailer definitely made me a lot more interested in the movie than the first trailer. Especially seeing, like, a bit more exposition from all the characters and kind of the underlying things of just just the whole thing of printing people's like personal information on pancakes yeah that's a that is some sort of vigilante killer or something that is a level of like talented serial killer like petty pettiness in a sense that minus the serial killer part I somewhat aspire to, like... Well, I mean, he is Voldemort slash Lego Alfred. That is true. I would... I could totally see myself being the person to, like, have custom pancakes with messages on them about for the people that I dislike. (laughs) I wish I had that kind of creative pettiness. I really do. Yeah, same, honestly. (laughs) And I try not even to indulge in pettiness to begin with, but I would so... So love that superpower. <laughs> you know something I like about this? hmm This is a movie where, at least a trailer, where the jokes do not detract from the unsettlingness. Oh, no. Because there's quite a few in there, like the bit of, we're gonna die, yeah, we're gonna die. Yeah, that was actually, that resonated with me a good bit, because that is just a, like, it's one of those things where I didn't personally think that was funny. But it was a thing of, like, oh, I feel for these people. The fact that the joke, for me, didn't land did not take away from the fact that I was genuinely concerned for these people's safety. Or the bit at the very end of, you told them it was my birthday? Yeah, that seemed a lot funnier three hours ago. (laughs) Because you know that cake is going to kill him somehow. Oh, yeah. I was kind of expecting a thing where, with whatever, like, little decoration thing is on that cake, I'm thinking They were going to impale his face on it or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a thing with the whole, like, it was funny three hours ago. I was like, I could see some of us doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I'm, like, definitely very interested in this movie in terms of, like, seeing, like, what more comes of it. Oh, hey, November 18th is the release date. Wow, releases on uh, Remembrance Day. That's something. Just in time for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Is this going to be, like, this movie is to think going to be for me and Thanksgiving what Jojo Rabbit is for me and Mother's Day? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. Mm. We'll find out. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Oh, yes. 
You want to talk about the uh, evil smart house movie that is not the good house? I, you know what? When you mentioned that and just all those twisted things, it's like, yeah, this, this, the good house should actually be the name of this. But then Margot would have to be the name of the menu, and I don't think the menu would work for the good house. Ergo, it cannot be. To be completely honest, when, because of like the old man that lives inside of my soul, when the guy was like, oh, so we rented a smart house, I would have just immediately gotten out of the car and be like, goodbye, everybody. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's it, Yeah, I don't understand the appeal of that. No, I don't get it either. I'm already kind of guessing that that one girl survives the whole movie because she's the only person to press decline. Huh. That that was kind of like, as it kept on going, it's like, especially with, I felt like, how little time they were spending on that on her in the trailer. It was like, she survives the whole movie, doesn't she? <laughs> Hell, maybe she knows about it. Maybe she's the one behind it. Mm. Mm. Who knows? That would be a escape room 2 level of bamboozle, I think. I know it's supposed to be the house is a giant 3D printer, but why does it have so much glue? Yeah, that was kind of the thing, too, where basically the house said, I am a giant 3D printer. I'm like, I have so many questions. I'm pretty sure a 3D printer can't just make glue. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if that's the case, that whole house is very bad for the environment. Yeah. <laughs> Actually horrible. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, it's unsettling and all that. How is it supposed to kill that one person with the pool vacuum? Yeah. Like, I, I that one I was confused by. Um, I will say, what definitely did get a laugh, a, a decent chuckle out of me, was the first bit where the guy accidentally walks in on his friends. is like, uh, like, sees all the guy tied up. He's like, oh, this is new. You know, I'm happy to <laughs> I'm happy to see that you guys are just doing different things to like spice up the relationship and keep it fresh. I'm like, my man, <laughs> my man. It's like I like this dude. He's probably gonna die first. <laughs> yeah, I thought about not including this one because it's being released on demand instead of theatrically. Mm. However, I also thought, you know. This is just weird enough, and I kind of need at least a couple more, which is why Ouija Shark 2 also made it on. Right. <laughs> that is completely understandable. If it ever comes to Paramount+, Plus, maybe I'll free trial Paramount+, Plus and watch it then. Mm. Oh, that comes out September 9th, actually. Oh, wow, that's not that far away at all. Oh, maybe I'll add that to the list of things I want to watch on October. Hmm. I gotta figure out how to work that into this podcast somehow, because if I'm watching a whole thing of- if I'm just watching non-stop horror movies, there's gotta be something I can do with that. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. So I guess what's left is The Good House, which does not involve a smart house, or a Margot. I'm gonna be honest, I had a really hard time keeping my attention span with this trailer. <laughs> uh, it seems very sappy. It is very sappy, and- it was kind of the thing of when it's it's a thing like my ex-husband left me for another man. I'm like, uh, okay. It's 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 amazing how little reaction that got out of me. <laughs> yeah. It is Sigourney Weaver, though. Yeah, it is Sigourney Weaver. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, I think that I look at it and it's like, okay, I think objectively, this is probably a, like a pretty quality movie. It just does 
absolutely nothing for me. The subject matter does nothing for me because I'm not really into like kind of these, oh, my life was good and then I became sad and then I just randomly met this person. Now everything's fine again type of love movies. Yeah. Yeah, that it just honestly doesn't do anything for me. Honestly, I would be much more interested in like the daughters and or who or her children just like their conversations as this mom is just doing the stuff that they have constantly given her shit for. Like the doc from what I've gathered, the daughters like give her shit about how much alcohol she drinks. And I'm like, yes, keep doing that. <laughs> legit legit. I'll agree though. It doesn't look bad, just one hundred percent not my speed. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same thing here. I will probably only watch it if there's nothing else coming out at that same time. Mm-hmm. And or if the only other thing coming out at that time is something that makes me want to blow my brains out. <laughs> if if this is a thing where it is the only thing and it's not being reviewed very well, I do think even though the chances of this happening are extremely unlikely, you should probably go for like a day and time where chances are high that we would have the movie theater to ourselves. I have Easier a, said than done, but you're not wrong. Yeah, because I have a feeling that the two of us just, like, shitting on the movie loudly. Or the three of us, we can get, like, Nick in on it, too. Just loudly shitting on the movie. Or anybody. With no consequences is probably the only way I could even tolerate this film. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> so I guess we're going to move on to this weekend's box office. Oh, boy. It was a slow weekend. I am not surprised to hear that. Number one was Bullet Train again at $13.4 million for the weekend for a $54.4 million domestic total mm-hmm. and a worldwide total of $114.4 million. Okay. Next, we got League of Super Pets with a $7.17 million weekend mm-hmm. for a $58.3 million domestic total and $109.4 million worldwide. In third place, it's your favorite movie that you wish would stop making money. Oh, Top come Gun on. Man. What the hell? I mean, I know it's a slow weekend, but shit. <laughs> it made $7.15 million domestically this weekend for a $673.8 million domestic total and $1.37 billion worldwide. I think this is the most upset I've ever been at a movie that I genuinely enjoy continuing to make money. <laughs> right? That's a weird thing to be mad about, but I feel it. Yeah, it's like, I'm like I'm glad, because I really like the movie, but holy shit, stop making money so I can give you more money. <laughs> Valid. Mm. Then in... Fourth place this weekend, we got Thor 4 at $5.31 million domestically for a $325.3 million domestic total and $720.9 million worldwide. And then in fifth place, we got Nope. (laughs) Okay. It has made $5.3 million this weekend for a $107.5 million domestic total and... $114 $114 million worldwide, so it looks like it got a little bit of an international release. Good. And it does look like it's on track to make at least a little bit of money past its marketing budget, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, you know what's not on this list? Uh, fall. Yes, Fall <laughs> is not on this list. Good. <laughs> fall made like $2.3 million this weekend, I'm pretty sure. Ouch. That's who on its opening oh, weekend. Never mind, that was. 
st- on its opening weekend, no less. However, I do want to point out that Fall's budget was tiny. How tiny? Three million dollars. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's really small. That 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 honestly sounds about right for this movie. <laughs> However, apparently they spent four million to release and promote it, so it's probably still losing money in the grand scheme of things. I have an extremely hard time seeing how you can spend $4 million on promoting that movie. Like, to be completely honest with you. (laughs) Well, apparently, originally they weren't going to release it theatrically. Oh. But once it did well in test screenings, they decided to release it in theaters. And part of that was... Ordering the crew to change or remove over 30 uses of the word fuck so it could get a PG-13 rating. <laughs> what? No, I cut. Mm, I don't know. It's one of those things where as someone who enjoys this colorful language, it's kind of a deal of like, that's dumb, just keep it there. But I also have a feeling that if that's the case, considering what the final product was, might have been a thing where they were like, okay, this movie is actually truly insufferable if we keep all these F-bombs, so we might as well just go I don't go know, because full... it's funny, there's at least one point when they use the word freaking, and I'm just like, just say fuck! <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I didn't catch that. I don't think You're I... You're on a 2,000-foot tower and potentially about to die. You could say the word fuck! Yeah. Nobody will judge you! Yeah, you can use a sailor's mouth as your, as your one of your last spoken words. I don't think anyone can give you shit for it. <laughs> yeah, apparently... They decided to use a company to deepfake the actors' faces and artificially redub all the fucks. What? Yeah. Okay, now that's just making more work for yourself. I'm sorry. Right? That's just that's just inefficient. That's like a Dodge Ram of of movie making. There, I was going somewhere with that, and now it's completely gone. <laughs> so I guess now we're going to just launch into our discussion of this movie. Yes. With non-spoiler stuff. I'm sorry if you were curious how many uses of the word fuck they got. The answer is not enough. <laughs> oh, yes. So, I think we we talked about it before. I will say, this movie was definitely not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still pretty awful. I somehow had a better and a worse time than I was expecting. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of a thing of, there's, in the first, like, 30, 40 minutes or so, it's like, okay, there's... Just too much cringe going on. Everything about this is a stupid setup, and you deserve everything that's coming to you. Yeah, and it's kind of, and especially for me, it's a thing of, like, just almost everyone was just, in some way, shape, or form, significantly unlikable. I didn't really care for anyone, although I was, I did very much empathize with the main character, Becky. Becky. Yeah, in just her brain constantly going, no, this is a bad idea. It's like, yes, yes, you should listen to that. You should, you should take it to us. Like, her several times was like, girl, please don't do it. <laughs> you know what? I'll give this movie credit. I remember the main characters' names. Yeah, I remember, the, I remember the main characters' names as well. Becky Hunter and Becky's dad. <laughs> yeah. Whatever Becky's dad's name is. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't count as a major character. No, he doesn't. I don't know, I don't have anything really to say about the movie without going into spoiler territory. I do, which is that, for the most part, it was very predictable. Mm -hmm. In the sense of, I could see everything that was coming at least five minutes before it happened. Mm. Except for one thing. Except for one thing. And that one thing makes me wonder if everything else being (laughs) 
obvious as freak. Oh my god, I just, that took me a second, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm proud of it. I wonder if that was just a smokescreen to set up the big twist. Because I feel like, in hindsight, it's a little more obvious. Yeah, in hindsight, the big twist, when it's revealed and seeing some of the hints that were given to it, it was one of those things where after it happened, I'm like, how the hell did I miss this? And I wonder if that's just because I was conditioned not to expect any kind of clever twist from the movie. Mm -hmm. Because everything else was obvious. Yeah. But on the flip side, mm -hmm. while that was a pleasant surprise, I didn't feel any real anxiety about this, and I say that as somebody who is decently acrophobic. I kind of did, in a sense, just because... It wasn't even the thing of, oh, like, how are they going to survive? It's, oh, what stupid shit are they about to do next kind of anxiety. <laughs> I guess that's true. It's the, how is this going to go horribly wrong because there's still runtime in the movie. Yeah, because it's one of those things where uh, I can't really even give my final thoughts on that without technically spoiling the end of the movie. But then it's, don't. We'll yeah. get into it in a moment. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was less of a oh, I hope they make a type of anxiety, and more how stupid can you be, and how much worse can this get? Kind of kind of anxiety. It's kind of like the uh, it's the anxiety you feel when you see someone making a horrible decision. Ideally, someone that you care about, even though I don't care about anyone in this movie, and you know there's nothing you can do about it, and you're just waiting for the train wreck to happen. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those car It's one of those you're watching a cartoon where the parents are oblivious and turn their back and the toddler's crawling around a construction site. You know, nothing's necessarily gonna go wrong, or at least nothing's gonna go wrong that isn't deserved to the proper parties. Mm -hmm. But you're still like, mm, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much that. It's that kind of thing. It's mm. the, you should know better. Yeah. It's the, you should listen to your instincts more type of deal. I think that's about all I've got that isn't spoilers as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't want to be spoiled on fall, for whatever reason, <laughs> three, two, one, stop now, you've been warned. Mm -hmm. This movie did make me terrified of vultures, though. Yeah, that was, um, it was interesting how they used the vultures as a sign for, well, pretty much everything in this movie, and especially just how brutal the vultures were. From what I remember, like, reading about vultures in school, it is kind of a thing of all they want to do is just eat dead stuff. If something approaches them, they're going to fuck off. Instead, that these we actually got, like, murder vultures, and it was something to behold. <laughs> it really was. Mm -hmm. Especially because they're, they're, those were the most antagonistic thing there. Yeah, they really were. <laughs> Including the people who stole the car. Yeah. It's it's a thing of like, oh you bastards and it's like the murder vultures show up it's like, oh those car thieves ain't got shit on on the murder vultures, man. <laughs> nah, nah. That was kinda of funny though. Yeah, it it was it was something, that's for sure. The car the car thief scene, not the vulture scene. Oh yes, yes, the car thief scene. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, so what's gonna go wrong? Is like is something gonna happen? Is another piece gonna fall off and clunk the guy on the head? Oh nope, nope, they're just yep. Okay, they're just dirtbags. Alright, cool. To be honest, the stealing car bit I did not see coming. Like, it was a thing of like, okay, there's no way they're getting down, because we're only like 20 minutes into this movie. And it was a thing when they like broke into the Bronco. It's like, or we could do that. Okay. 
as an example of something from this movie that I saw coming from the moment they introduced it, mm-hmm. the fact that the main character's best friend was fucking her husband. I'm sorry, fricking her husband. <laughs> yeah, when it's when she sees the ha- the like, picture, it's like, oh, who, oh, you got a boyfriend. It's like that's a brown hand. Your dead husband is a brown guy. Like that's that that's not hard to miss, sweetheart. <laughs> When I saw it, I was like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> Made me feel a lot better about the best friend dying, though. Yeah, she... it's like, okay, you're just absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. You were sleeping with your friend's fiancé at the time, I assume. Yeah. Based on what we heard about the timing. Mm-hmm. You didn't say anything about it. You got a tattoo... Of his inability to say I love you, which should be a giant red flag. Yeah, when when they mentioned that, it's just, okay, so this dude's a fucking psychopath. That's <laughs> what he got, probably. Yeah. And then, after a year, you come dragging her on this thing, when it's like, she hasn't climbed in a year. Mm-hmm. And you think, this is a good idea. Yeah, no. With that as well, it was kind of a thing for me as not only is this best friend like horrible, she's also really stupid because of the thing of I fell in love with him because he like sat there and he listened and all that. And I just couldn't help falling in love. It was like, he's cheating on your best friend with you. He's a dick. <laughs> for four months. Yeah. She even said it's like, he's the one who made the first move. It's like, girl, this guy's an asshole. And she's like, He's, like, he's not any different from any of the other guys. He's just a smoother talker. Yeah, he's just smoother talker and, I guess, better looking. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else you've had to work with. It's one of those things like, he's not all, like all the other toxic guys I've been with, except he's, he's having an affair with you. <laughs> but I guess that doesn't count. Ugh. So I saw that coming. I saw the stupid life hack charging a phone fixture thing coming. Mm-hmm. Honestly... I, I will say, though, I kind of expected a second angle to it that didn't come, where I figured once they broke the light, mm-hmm. somebody would come to the tower to check it out, considering the only reason that light was there was so planes didn't fly into it. Honestly, when they took the light out, I was expecting a plane to show up and hit the tower. <laughs> I, I'm gonna that be, would have been that, a hell of an end. I'm going to be completely honest. That's, that's where my brain went there. It's like, all right, so since this movie seems to be a story of conveniences in a certain degree. Oh, tower lights out? Oh, I guess this plane with all of its, like, sensors and shit can't see the tower. Oh, crap. <laughs> that would have been something. I was, that's, I am, I am happy that didn't happen, but that was where I was expecting the movie to go. Fair. <laughs> I guess, the, I will say, though, I, I did appreciate the bit where it turned out Hunter had been dead for 20 to 30 minutes longer than we thought in terms of movie runtime. Yeah, so with that whole twist, I talked about it with you outside of the podcast, coming out of that movie, I was very conflicted about it, and I kept on going back and forth on it, to the point where I actually like discussed it with another person who is much more familiar with creative writing than I am, and just outline the general thing and what's going on. And they said that it's, it seemed like a take on the whole unreliable narrator idea. And when it was explained to that and then replaying it in my head, it's like, okay, that 
does make more sense. Because here's the thing, I will fully admit, I did not expect the twist at the end where she's been hallucinating and her friend has been dead for, like, several hours. Yeah. The way they introduced that, it very much was hit with a ton Actually, of Actually, it wasn't even several hours, it must have been at least a day, because yeah. she had that nightmare. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing that makes you go, I can't believe I missed this, because her nightmare is of her friend being eaten by vultures with the exact same wounds that she has on the satellite dish. And it's like, that was in particular the thing that I thought of, and I'm like, how the hell did I miss this? <laughs> I fully admit not being generally the most observant person when it comes to like things in movies and details, small details in movies. But I was disappointed I missed that somehow. Yeah, no, they had enough of a setup with her injuring her hands when she got pulled back up that explained why she wasn't being more proactive and stuff that I just didn't think about it. Yeah, the only part that of that that kind of like really caught that broke my suspension of disbelief, which the movie acknowledged, was her being able to pull up her best friend. And it's like, that's a lot of strength that you gotta have. And then the, the, hallucin- the hallucinogenic best friend goes... Did your scrawny ass really think that you could pull my weight up all by yourself? And it's like, okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy about that then. (laughs) Honestly, I I will say when they did the reveal, I just kind of leaned forward in my seat with my hands folded in front of my face, (laughs) just like, go on. Yeah. (laughs) I was just like, you have been predictable as fuck. This entire time, and you have the gall to throw a twist at me now that I didn't see coming. It's escape room true all over again. Except this twist was much better. It was a better twist, but it's still a, how dare you? Yeah, no, that's completely fair. That is a completely fair assessment of that. Again, where my brain went. There's a lot of moments of me making a call and being completely fucking wrong on what the movie did. When they're talking about we've got to eat something, I was like, okay, is this where the cannibalism starts? This is where the cannibalism starts. And then we get the review. It's like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, movie, you fucking got me. All right, let's go. <laughs> also, even if the main character, Becky, didn't die and got down from the tower, Mm-hmm. She's probably got some kind of horrible bacterial kajigger from eating vul- raw vulture meat. I did actually kind of have a moment of couldn't help but make jokes to myself type of deal with that, where it's a thing like this girl has been like dying of thirst, dying of hunger this entire time, kills a vulture and just starts eating it. All my strength is back. I have I have eaten wild bird. I can fight. That- <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, but... I'm pretty sure vultures are something you should absolutely not eat. Oh, hell no. Because they eat exclusively dead stuff. Yeah. They are teeming with bacteria and all kinds of other gross shit. Yeah. Obviously, you know, in that case, what else are you going to do? But it, it was a thing of like, at that point, well, you know what? If the tower doesn't kill her, eating that vulture sure as fuck will. <laughs> or residual effects from that infected leg. Yes. Kind of tying into that as well, because that all this all happens in the last 20 minutes of the movie. The thing that I was the most caught off by was her solution at the end to get help. Because, you know, it, for those who have not seen the movie, and by the way, don't see this movie. If you haven't seen the movie and you care, you shouldn't be listening at this point anyway. That's fair. It's on you. What they try to do is that they try to send the best friend's phone down in a shoe 
that'll get a signal like at the bottom end of the tra- of the tower to send a message out saying, "Hey, I need help." That and they fi- did try to pad it. They did try to pad it, but it ultimately failed. Now Becky gets down to Hunter's corpse, and it's a thing of like she's got the shoe and she's putting the phone in it. Now the other she- shoe, her other shoe. Now. Here's the, the other th- shoe is not on the foot. The other shoe is not on the foot. Now, here's the thing. Here's where I got it completely wrong. Because of how lowbrow this movie was, considering that there's like a lot of sex jokes, there is, like, not gratuitous per se, but there is actually a pissing scene. And there is also a moment where, when talking about her push-up bra, Hunter goes, ah, tits for clicks. At which point I did go, why the fuck am I watching this movie? <laughs> I what I thought would happen was that she was gonna like use her clothes, like take her her clothes off of um, Hunter's corpse and use that as padding. I wasn't expecting like dead girl tits, but I figured that's what was going to happen. Especially when she starts going, "I'm sorry, Hunter, but I need to make sure this makes it." I did not call her stuffing the shoe in the corpse with the foot in it, and her shoving the corpse off. I just went. Or we could do that. <laughs> that is also an option. Yeah, that that we can also do that movie. <laughs> I was, I did actually have to stop myself from laughing in the theater because of just how completely off I was. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those movies where you have to just imagine that therapists don't exist. Yeah. And it also was one of those things where after it happened, it's like, you know what? That does actually make much more sense than what I thought. That is definitely a much more secure route. Really fucked up, but better results no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) If you thought watching your husband fall to his death was traumatizing, well. I have got news for you. Good luck ever climbing anything taller than five feet. Yeah. It, I, I shouldn't be surprised, but it did just bug the shit on me when, like, at the final scene, all the emergency services were there, and Dad shows up, sees the body bag, thinking it's her daughter's corpse, and then you just hear her go, Dad? And they embrace. And I'm like, no, like, how did she get down from there? You can't just go from pushing corpse off 2,000-foot tower to being at bottom of tower and everything's okay. It's like, yeah, I, mean, I, I couldn't... Presumably they couldn't get a helicopter in or anything. Yeah, because she would have to jump... Like, if there was a helicopter, the only way that would work is if she jumped towards the helicopter, like a Call of Duty mission. And if she falls, well, splat. Yeah. So, that was kind of the other thing. It's like, okay, no, but how did you get down? Genuinely, how the fuck did you get down? The tower was presumably too flimsy to set up a pulley system. Yeah. I, 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 the only thing I could really see... And this is also completely asinine, I will fully admit. But the only th- other way I could see is that the helicopter shows up and tosses her a parachute and she parachutes down. Which would have been... set up a giant inflatable bouncy house at the bottom. I mean, for a bouncy house of that caliber to work, I feel like what would happen is that she would impact the bouncy house and then be shot back to the top of the tower. <laughs> How the fuck did she get down? They, I don't know. They don't show it. There's, like, no indication whatsoever of how she gets down. It's like, no, like, I, I would honestly love to know how they got her down. But it's huh. just like, I'm sorry I pushed you away and was so toxic to you. Roll credits. Like, 
Okay, sure. I honestly didn't even check, like, the movie subreddits. I doubt there was a post-credits scene, but I didn't bother to check. Oh, no, there wasn't. I checked beforehand. Yeah, no, but it was a thing. It's like, as soon as the... I didn't even, like, wait a single second. As soon as the first credits rolled, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. Have a good night, everybody. (laughs) Ugh. I had a really... I was proud of it. And it was a really scathing observation that I made before the movie, right right as it started rolling, mm-hmm. pretty much. And it's, you know how the title is presented vertically? Yeah. But the word fall, being four letters, is really too short to look impressive stretched out like that. Right. And I feel like that's a very good visual metaphor for this movie. <laughs> What you're saying is that it's of... trying to present itself as something impressive, mm-hmm. but ultimately falls short, one might say. Are you proud of yourself? I am, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, I still stand by my initial statement of referring to this movie as Darwinism the movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It was dumb. It, it was dumb. Whole thing could have been avoided if everybody wasn't a giant fucking idiot. I do not understand. I, I mean, okay, actually, you know what? We'll talk about this after the podcast because I think this would just tr- like just go on into absolute nothingness. But yeah, it have no desire to see this movie again. I I could go the Same. rest of my life without ever seeing this movie again. Yeah, and it's interesting because I walked away from it like not even. Having no real emotion towards it at the very end, other than I need to get the hell out of this theater. I didn't hate it. I obviously didn't love it, but I wasn't angry at it. I didn't hate it. I was just kind of like, all right, that was, that, that was it. That was the movie. I'm not like dissatisfied, but I'm definitely not satisfied either. It's like, all right, you know, I've, I have spent 12, $13 on many worse things. So. Hey, what can you do? <laughs> this was, in fact, a movie. Oh, yes. This is the most deserving moniker of a movie. Uh, this is a summer movie, ladies Of and all the movies I've ever seen, this is one of them. Indeed. So next week... Uh, it's slim pickings, I'll be perfectly <laughs> honest. It's either Beast, where Idris Elba punches a lion, and the movie, I feel like, is kind of implicitly condoning big game hunting. Mm-hmm. Or the Dragon Ball Super superhero movie. I mean, I don't want to see either of those, but I'd probably see Beast before Dragon Ball, because I know I don't care for Dragon Ball. And the funny thing is, I would rather see Superhero than Beast. (laughs) So, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Might be fun if we just see two separate movies and then just describe it to the other. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That would be an interesting, uh, different take on things. We'll figure it out. Depends how the schedule shakes out. Mm-hmm. In any case, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and for bearing with some of these mad rambles. <laughs> Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, follow on Spotify or RSS or however you want to do it, whichever one is fine. And if you have any feedback, please give it. Or- yeah, feel free. I'm desperate for input. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for listening to Under the Bridge. I'm the Scarlet Troll, a.k.a. Cody. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. And have a good night.